Well, we're back, and Eric. In, in a beautiful way, Tyler, and in a beautiful way, too. Uh, Team TNA's I Want to Be A series, we are blessed. We have our good friend Keaton Alexander back on for I Want to Be a Cybersecurity Specialist and IT Specialist. How are you today, Keaton? I'm awesome. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good, man. Fabulous. Thanks we for have... coming back. Yeah, really? for, an in, for an entirely different subject. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Keaton is our Swiss Army knife. We're going to bring him on next week for I want to be a chocolatier. Um, the guy can do everything, I guess. <laughs> a little bit. So, yeah, it's it's really exciting to have you back on. Um, this is such a big, big industry and such a big, big topic to talk about. I mean, everything is going digital and, and you know, you're just a plethora of information and, you know, let's get right into it, man. Um, let me see, where, I, where do I even begin? There's so much to ask. What, what really sparked your interest in, in uh, uh, online security? Oh, man. All right. This is a good story. I love telling people about this. So, um, <laughs> and we're off. So obviously with the many different types of field of cybersecurity, it, it's very hard to like narrow down to specific things um, and talk about specific things. But um, I've known that I've wanted to get into the tech field and the cybersec world since uh, about middle school, about sixth grade. I first got interested in it um, because around that time, ransomware was a, a very big thing and it was really starting to blow up back then. Um, and so I was starting to do like some slight research into it, just kind of reading about things. And I was like, wow, I was like, you know, that's like, you know, it sucks for the people that are being affected by this, but like, this is also like kind of cool. And, um, you know, I'm a very avid gamer. Um, I, I mean, I've been playing video games since I was, I don't know, eight years old. Um, and especially Call of Duty. Call of Duty is a big thing. And back then, you know, booting people offline in the middle of games was such a big thing back then. I mean, it, it was so bad to the point that if you were, you know, to talk shit to basically anybody, you were getting booted offline. And like, I've had my fair share of beating booted offline myself. Um, and my parents, <laughs> you know, they weren't too happy about it because all of a sudden the internet goes out and they're like, well, what's going on? I'm like, well, you know, I might've caused that. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I just ask a question? I'm already yeah. like I already need clarification. When you say booted offline, is that just off the game or just you're done with the internet? Like someone got you? Yeah. So whenever someone boots you offline, um, your whole internet is just shut off. Um, oh my god! It, it's How do like you do it's, that? it's <laughs> um, that is uh, so in the easiest terms that I can put it. Um, basically what they use is called a DDoS attack. Um, DDoS stands for distributed denial of service. And Damn. basically what that is, is they will send a bunch of requests, like connection requests, um, to your internet in a sense. And because there is thousands of requests coming at your connection at one time, it can't handle and process them um, fast it enough. It just overloads you, huh? Correct. It completely wow. overloads your system, your whole router, just Wi-Fi network, and it basically just shuts down. Um, <laughs> it becomes inaccessible. Um, and even after your internet shuts down, you know, the common thing would be to think like, oh, it will shut down. The request will stop coming. It will turn back on. That's not the case with it. Um, it will just, the request will just keep coming until the attacker stops it. 
um, and it will just completely keep you offline until it stops and your system has the time to reboot, basically. So this is another player doing this to you. Correct. Yeah. Um, Jeez, man. Back then, you know, I and I won't lie, I had my fair share of doing it to other people as well. <laughs> That's what really got me interested into it because, like, I, I got to the point where I just wanted revenge. Like, I gotten so... <laughs> I gotten so tired of it happening to me. I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to do this. Um, and that was back in the days whenever I was considered, you know, the term like a script kitty. Um, I basically was using other people's code, other people's booters. Um, and I was just using it, but I was taking people offline. And I was like, you know, this is like, even though this is wrong, I was like, this is kind of fun. It's like kind of cool. Um, and so then I started researching more into cybersecurity and at that point, I had found out about rats. Uh, rats are called remote administration tools. Um, so think of something like TeamViewer, where people can connect to your computer and they can take it over. The rat does the same exact thing, but without you knowing. Um, so is that something running in the background or is that something correct. where you're... Yeah. But but do you yeah. see your mouse moving or are you not you even can. online? Yeah, no. So you can't... like If your computer was just simply turned on and you were logged into your account... Um, but you weren't at the computer, someone could be controlling it and doing whatever they wanted with it. And you would have no idea because you're not mouse. at your computer, but you could see like people moving your mouse or deleting things, moving things. Um, it was even, it's to the point nowadays where they can actually turn on your microphone and your webcam without you realizing. That's, and that's horrifying, man. I think that's yeah. everyone's yeah. You know, nightmare today with Alexa and, and, you know, the, all of those, voice controlled things now yeah and that's why a lot of people you'll see like put tape or something over their camera because um most cameras have a little light that turns on with it telling you it's on uh rats got to the point where they could turn the camera on without that light turning oh. on so you would have no idea that you were being watched that's crazy um, man wow. what an invasion of privacy yeah. yeah, it's a very it's a very scary thing. And I mean, that's why cybersecurity is here um, to right. stop things like that. And so people don't have to worry about that. Um, but yeah, once I started getting into those two things, I just it kind of just took off from there. And, you know, now I'm where I'm at, where I'm a junior in college and I'm about to graduate with a cybersecurity degree um, and really just start blowing up from there. That's amazing, Are you still man. considered a, uh, wait, you said a script kitty? So, okay. Um, script kitty is a term that goes around in the tech world pretty heavily. Um, basically, these are kids that have, they're an amateur hacker, basically. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so how I said I used other people's code and stuff to boot people offline, that's what a script kitty does. They use other people's code um, programs, you know, anything like that to try to break into, you know, a website, some kind of server. Um, they basically just use it to get attention. Um, mm. So do you have a sign off when you do something like that? Are you like, you've just been fucked by, you know, Keaton? The wet like, bandits. Is there, yeah, the wet bandits. Like, do you, um, do you have a sign off on something like that? Or, or is it anonymous I, and they'll never know? I don't really do that um, because one, it's illegal. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a very illegal thing. And if you get caught with it, um, you know, you're going to the jail. Um, obviously, anonymous is a big thing for that. Um, 
they have taken down a lot of government websites and things like that. Um, and you can so far ahead in my interview. That was one of my last questions is what, what are your thoughts on anonymous? We'll get back to yeah. that. We'll get back to that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll soak around. Um, but yeah, that's, that's mainly what a script kitty is, is just someone who they really have no intention of actually learning or doing good with cybersecurity. They just want to, um, do bad with it and they just will like the attention from it pretty much. Okay. Wow. Well, um, I have, I have a, big list of questions for you then like that was that was a major intro right now dude and 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 i'm really excited to to dive into this um with everyone working from home now how do you see online security changing Ooh, um that's a good question actually so with working from home you are putting any company that is you know mandating it and having it a thing you are putting them at a lot of risk um because a lot of companies completely handle their network and databases servers from solely inside of the building, inside the company itself, which makes it a lot more secure and a lot harder um, to access. But whenever you have people connecting from home into your network, you know, that puts you at a lot of risk because if their home device was to get infected in any way, um, the hacker that affected them could theoretically get access to the main servers of the whole company itself and they could basically take it over take it down steal any kind of data that they want from it um it it definitely puts a lot of risk into it but i have seen a lot of companies take the precautions to limit that as much as possible um such as like sending their own work computers home where they have limited functionality um and people VPN. have limited access. Yeah, a lot of people will run through a VPN. Um, there's even um, virtual machines. They'll use virtual machines practically. Um, you know, my girlfriend does this for her job because she works at a bank. And um, what she does is she has to have a two-factor authentication token. And that allows her to log into the computer. But then the computer logs in through a virtual machine that is connected to the internal network. So if her computer was to actually get affected in any way, it's on a virtual machine of the actual network. So they could just shut down that virtual machine in an instant and it would cut off any access to the actual network itself. Wow. Hot damn. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like you said, anyone that gets access to your computer had, virtually has the door open to them, right? Into the, into the company. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's crazy, man. Um, what would you say are the differences between a threat, vulnerability, and risk? Because these are these are terms that we see being thrown around a lot in that world. Oh, um, so the difference between those three, um, it, it isn't a huge difference. Like a threat, you know, everyone knows what a threat is. Um, like a basic threat, like someone threatens your life or something. Um, but right. when it comes to the tech world, it's kind of a whole different story. Um, so vulnerabilities, you know, that is basically just a weak point in a system. That is something that could be taken advantage of and someone could gain access to any kind of system through a certain vulnerability. And 
that that's where the three words kind of come to play as one, because if you have a vulnerability, now your company is at risk. So now you have this huge risk factor as a company, but now not only that, now there's a threat to your data, your employees, your consumers, you know, because they're all affected by what can happen through certain vulnerabilities. So they kind of all play together in a sense, but they are technically different terms, but it is kind of just like one big thing. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's an umbrella. These are umbrella terms then you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. Got it. Um, as I was researching about, you know, having you on, I, I was looking into a few things. I was asking people that, that know more than I know. Um, and, and they helped me uh, compile these questions. Can you tell me what DNS monitoring is and why it's important? DNS monitoring. DNS. Okay. Um, you didn't think this was going to be a pop quiz, huh? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, and it's like, I, I got to try to think of it in a way to explain it in like layman terms so that. That's, that's exactly what, you know, Tyler and I were, were talking before we, we had you on and, and Tyler's like, man, he's going to have to dumb it down for us. Yeah, yeah. so uh, DNS alone just stands for um, domain name system. Okay. Um, and this is basically what's used to identify like different kinds of services and systems and any kind of resources that are um, reachable through the internet, pretty much. Um, it's used mainly just to manage and ensure security of communication between like different users and things like that. Um, you're basically just keeping an eye on the entire system and making sure that there isn't any vulnerabilities or um, issues pretty much that is in the system that might cause a problem later on. Um, because there's a lot, a lot of companies, a lot of tech companies, just IT in general has a lot of systems and services they are running at one time. So they have to make sure those are up and running constantly um, because one service can go down and, you know, take sheets for an example, they can have one service go down. Now, all of a sudden, none of their payment processing is working or none of their uh, point of sale systems are working. Um gas pumps aren't working, you know, there, there could be a lot of things that can happen. And so the monitoring is just to make sure that all those services are running properly and that none of them are down or causing an issue somewhere else. Okay. Um, this is the last tricky question I have for you and then we'll get into the fun stuff. And, and thank you so much for being a trooper, man. I'm, I'm glad you were able to, to dumb it down for us because honest to God, I was talking to Tyler the other day and I, I maybe like so many other people after the computer turns on, everything else that happens to me is a miracle. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're able to, to shed. Some yeah, I get that. I get that. Um, this is the last, again, this is the last tricky question and then we'll get into some fun stuff. Uh, how would you implement a BYOD policy and how would you secure it? Did you say a BYOD? BYOD. Oh. Uh, bring bring your own device bring your own device that's what it is um 
So BYOD policies are kind of tricky with um, cybersecurity stuff um, because the problem with that is that people aren't careful with their own devices. Um, and that's a lot of the that's a big issue. Um, like bringing your own laptop or computer from home pretty much doesn't happen in a lot of the big, big name companies or a, really any company that genuinely cares about their security. Um, and even if they do allow it, companies will force you to install certain programs and certain security features before you're even allowed to use it on the company grounds. Um, that absolutely makes sense just because of what you were telling us a few minutes earlier. Right. You don't want to compromise. One person gets compromised and all, all the cards fall. Exactly. So um, I have heard of companies um, where you will hand over your device, say your laptop or something, and you'll give it to the IT department. And they will pretty much just take it for a couple of days and they'll just secure it down. Um, by doing this, you know, you do lose a lot of accessibility in your own device, depending on what the company installs and um, what they want to stop from happening on their own network. Um, so if you're going to go to a company and you're going to be doing that, you just have to realize the sacrifice you're going to be making for it. Um, that's where it's best to just either use the one that they provide or have a secondary so you can just use it as a general own device um, and there isn't all these limitations on it. It's yeah. it's just more of a way to secure things and a lot of companies do mandate it because they don't want to take the risk of losing millions of dollars in an hour because your device wasn't secure <laughs> and you allowed it to get infected. Right. Right. That's something that would happen to me, definitely. Um, what anomalies do you look for uh, to, to ID a compromised system? When someone hands you their laptop and says, I don't know what's happening here, what do you, what do, you do when someone says, my computer is being funny? Well, so at that point, you're basically just doing um, a trial and error, pretty much. Um, the first thing that a lot of people do is they just run a simple virus scan. Um, just to see if there is any kind of malware, trojans, um, some kind of virus that is affecting the system. Um, and when you find that, that's where it gets a little tricky because now you have to go through the system and you now have to try to find which program is affecting the system. And you have to find that in the just unlimited world of the system and find it and you need to eliminate that threat. Um, like I said, virus scan, a lot of them do usually pick up on it right away and they'll just delete it for you. But as technology gets more advanced, so do so does the malware. It gets more advanced and it gets more to the point where it's harder to find. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of tricky to like explain it in a way because it, I mean, it's really just like a trial and error kind of thing. I mean, you, you got to try to find it, eliminate it before it does any serious harm. Um, and unless you really know what you're looking for, your average person isn't going to be able to eliminate that threat on their own. Um, 
that's why I always preach to people, you know, have some kind of antivirus on your program, on your computer, um, phones. You don't have to worry about phones as much. Those are a little different, um, especially with Apple devices. Most Apple devices are pretty secure and are difficult to get into. It's not impossible by any means, but it's a lot more difficult than running like a windows computer. Um, but yeah, so what it, it if you're trying to fix something or some kind of anomaly in someone's computer, it it's more of just finding the right thing. So if okay. you with uh, I'm glad you brought up like the the uh, the Apple devices and stuff. Yes, it's it's harder, but it can be done. Um, so Apple, I, I guess, has their own security within their devices. I know Microsoft now is also starting to do this, like. I, I don't know what their the the Microsoft or Windows antivirus is called, whatever. Um, would you? I mean, if you had a Windows computer, would you still recommend getting like a Norton or a McAfee on top of whatever Windows's own antivirus software is? Like, is do you need so, to like double dip now, basically? Um, back in the day, probably the last five or 10 years, yes, you definitely needed to double down and have some kind of antivirus on your system. Um, but Windows Defender um, is now being upgraded and it's becoming better every day. Um, a lot of people recommend now that you really only have to run Windows Defender as long as you're not doing anything that is purposely going to get you some kind of malware on your system. You really only need to run Windows Defender nowadays. Um, if you're someone that tries to access, you know, the deep web, the dark web, black market, like kind of things, then you're kind of asking for trouble. And that's where you have to really secure yourself down um, because the dark web is not, the true dark web is not something that you just casually mess with and you just go on because it's fun. Um, <clears throat> like Apple devices, they're so different because their operating system, Mac OS, it's a closed system. It's not an open source. Nobody can just access the code and change it at their will. That's not what they do. That's why Windows has a lot of vulnerabilities because it's very easy to access their system and change things around like at your leisure, pretty much. Um, they've definitely secured down on it over the last couple of years, but it's still not great. Apple, you know, they're at the point where they don't even allow like the government or the FBI to have access to it because they wow. care that much about security. Um, wow. There was the thing a couple years ago, probably about five years ago, where they had captured like a terrorist phone and they basically were asking Apple to give them a backdoor access into the phone and Apple refused. And it was this huge, big legal case. You know, it was on the news for weeks about it. Um, Apple just refuses. They, they refuse to buckle down and give access to anybody outside of the company. Like the wow. biggest ethical, you know, situation you could possibly have. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, they, that's that's one of the reasons why they're considered one of the most secure systems out there because they they refuse to give access. I mean, they are very tight on that policy. Um, Windows is a bit of a different story, and that's why you hear most of the biggest hacks um, typically happen on Windows. 
um, or like Linux kind of servers because they're more open source. Okay. okay. I know, I know we're jumping uh, back and forth a little bit about this, but you had mentioned that you're, you're a junior, right? In, in uh, college working to get this uh, cybersecurity degree, right? Yep. So someone that says, Hey, I want to go into it. I want to go into cybersecurity. What does that schooling look like? What are, what classes are they looking at? How long is the, the, how long is it from, from thinking about it to becoming it? How long is that process? So there is really no becoming it and mastering it. And that that's one of the things that I don't think people realize when it comes to the information technology field or the cybersec field. Um, there's no finishing it. You know, every day technology is advancing. Every day people are learning more. And, you know, all throughout your career in IT, you are always going to be learning. You're always going to be adding to that knowledge. Um, if you're someone who's interested in into the tech field and it's something that you're looking to get into, the best advice I can give to people is you need to make sure that it is something that you truly want to do, that it's something that you're genuinely interested in. Um, because I, I hear all the time about people getting burnt out within the first five years of the field because oh they're just so, there's just so much to do with it or they just get so bored with it. Um, it it's not, you know, it, it's not always going to be, your action-packed movie film where you're sitting at a computer all day, you know, breaking through firewalls or building a firewall. And you know, I, I always like to use the show uh, Mr. Robot actually as a uh, reference because that show does not truly indicate what it's like in the real tech world. Um, it does have some aspects that are true and that do show some points of it. But overall, that show is very fake with what they do in it. Um, you know, that's not what you're looking at. And you need to make sure that, you know, you're willing to sit here for eight hours a day and, you know, taking requests to fix somebody's internet because they somehow managed to turn <laughs> off the router or, you know, so telling it, people, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a never ending field of information. So it's more like the IT crowd than, than Mr. Robot. Have you seen um, that show? Yes. Yeah, I, I watched, uh, I think I watched the first season of it and um, I never did get back to it, but yeah. You got to check that one out, man. They're basically professional restarters of computers is what they always, you know, that's the running uh, gag on it. Yeah, have you tried turning um, it off and on again? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it let, exactly. I mean, is everything in plugged in? In some cases, that genuinely is what IT is. You know, if you're working an IT help desk job, which is a lot of the first job that people get out of, you know, schooling or things like that, um, they just work in an IT help desk and they think, wow, this is terrible. This isn't what I want to do. But you you really have to dedicate the time to it. You know, you're never going to advance if you don't put in the work in the hours to advance yourself. Um, I mean, uh, I constantly am sitting here looking up new things, trying to learn new things, just trying to understand them and how they work. I mean, you, you have to put in the dedication for it. Okay. Um, in, the, in this podcast, we, we like to give a lot of insight and backstory and just fun facts. And I just wanted to give a fun fact real quick. Uh, I know this is a little, a little off topic, but 
Tyler actually is at war at work uh, with the IT department. And I told Tyler and Keaton, please back me up. That's not who you want to, that's not who you want to have problems <laughs> with the IT department. That is not who you want to go against. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that right, is definitely true. Yeah. Yep. It, it all started over a keyboard. I think it was, wasn't it Tyler or like a mouse or something like that? It was, I, I, we're, all, we're at years at this point. Keaton, you, you are a gem compared to these people. They are, <laughs> they are actually, they might be the burned out people you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean to make it awkward or anything, but yes. Yeah. So I told Tyler, I was like, you know, that's not the department you want to get to war with. I mean, you can fight with the HR department, but not with the IT. These are people that are going to save your ass on, on what many, would, many occasions. What would IT people like for a holiday gift? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do IPT people drink? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm me personally, I drink pretty much anything that you hand me. So there, um, there we go. <laughs> well, you're, you're yeah. still in college. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I've definitely gotten a uh, a liking to Crown. That's kind of been my go-to oh. for a bit now. Nice, nice. So, so, but as far as like schooling, are you know, are there particular classes you had to take? I spoke with a mutual friend of ours. Uh, her name's Ashley, and she she wanted me to ask you about your um, calculus in in your uh, cybersecurity journey. Ooh, yeah. Um, calculus hasn't been great to me. <laughs> Um, and I'll be completely honest with it. I have failed calculus three times now and I still have to take it and pass it. I'm actually going to be taking it over this winter, um, for a course, um, calculus. So there is a lot of math involved with certain parts of cybersecurity, um, calculus specifically, not at all. It, I mean, why it's a requirement for the major, I'm not really sure because, you know, when you start talking about derivatives and, you know, epsilon and delta and all these other things, you do not come in contact with that in the field a day in your life. Unless you are specifically working on a program that solves math problems, you will <laughs> never use that in your field ever. Oh my God. I hate those things, man. All those prereqs that have nothing to do with anything. And yeah. it, the main issue is like, it, it's like part of the major for me too. Like, I mean, like if I don't, a lot of colleges require a certain level of math to a degree anyways, but it like calculus and um, my probability and statistics class are the two classes that are absolutely required for me to take in order to graduate with my major. Damn. Why, uh, I have another stupid question. Why is math so important in this field? So the reason math becomes a big thing, and I actually just finished one of my classes um, that involves a lot of this, is cryptography. Um, whenever you start talking about cryptography or any kind of encryption, they are solely running off of algorithms. And algorithms do play a huge part into the IT field. And that's where you do start putting in the math um, because cryptography is solely a program of code that is basically running through math in order to encrypt whatever it is you're trying to encrypt. Um, I just took, my class was called Applied Cryptography 
And we had to learn about all different types of encryption, um, even learning about the more recent ones, such as uh, the SHA, the RSA encryption. Um, you know, we had to learn. And a lot of the homework assignments for that class was I had to finish a C++ program that would run that algorithm and it would create these tables and encrypt, you know, certain messages and things like that. Um, that's mainly where it comes into play. I mean, a lot of it's based on the cryptography because they run that. That's what the encryptions are. They're math. Jeez. So you're over there sitting and being a mathematician, solving formulas, trying to work on, on, on it. Right. But I can't pass calculus. So yeah. <laughs> Well, if, if you need help, I mean, Google, so. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. So so I just want to ask you just a general question. A lot of people have this question, and, and we're here with a real live IT person. I just got a brand new laptop. Actually, on your recommendation, I got the laptop that, that we had uh, discussed, the Asus laptop. Right. Um, so I have it. It's at zero right now. If you had a brand new laptop in your hand, what are the first things that people should do? Like, as soon as we set up, what should we do? Now what? Um, so first thing I'm doing is I'm installing a different web browser. Um, oh, th that, that was my, that was my next question. What browser do you use? Because this thing came with edge and I have no idea what that is. <laughs> so edge is basically <laughs> the new and improved internet explorer. Got it. Um, and internet explorer is known to be trash anyway, right? Internet explorer is terrible. Um, I have never actually used it. Um, unless there was, you know, nothing else on there, but I, I do not use it, um, because it, I mean, it's terrible. I mean, and a lot of people go for Google Chrome because it's, you know, super efficient to them. It's easy for them to use. Um, the problem with Chrome though, is Chrome uses a lot of resources from your computer in order to run, okay. um, <clears throat> such as your RAM, just your memory, your RAM that's inside, it will use about 70% of that just from you running the browser and having oh multiple God. tabs open. Jeez. Yeah. Really? So, so what do IT people use? What browser are you guys using? Is it DuckDuckGo or is it ask.com? So it? besides internet and Chrome, that kind of comes down to like your preference. Um, one of the best browsers that I know of out right now is called Brave. I'm just writing all these things. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so Brave was actually made by the creator of the JavaScript language. Um, and he built his own browser. So Brave doesn't use nearly as much resources to run as Chrome does or Internet Explorer, but it's also a very secure browser. Um, that they take into... Uh, I can't even think of the word. Um, what they care about is security whenever they're okay. using this browser. That, that's what they cared about whenever they were making this. Um, and that's where you kind of get the downside of it in a way because um, Brave is so secure in the way that it is. They have a very big lack of like any kinds of extensions, add-ons, plugins, like, you know, just general things to make your experience a little easier or a little faster they lack those so no no frills just just safe 
Correct. Um, because, you know, what nobody really notices is Java. Java is one of the biggest programs in the world. It is run on every single computer. It uses it, it is used in every kind of possible way that you don't even realize. But that allows for like automatic scripts or just blocks of code to be run um, like cookies, cookies being saved into your system. Um, Brave is built to block uh, <clears throat> any automatic running scripts and it automatically gives you a more secure connection to any website that you're trying to connect to. Damn. Okay. So there, that would be the first threats? thing you do. Oh, What's sorry, that? go ahead, Tyler. Go ahead, Tyler. Oh no, are there are there threats out there specifically targeting Java? Oh, big time. Um, okay. There was ju just the other day um, in the news. Uh, you might you might have heard about this. You might not have if you don't follow any like tech blogs or you know things like that. Um, there was actually a huge uh, vulnerability discovered in Java. Um, just the other day, and it was solely based off of someone wanting to hack a Minecraft server that this <laughs> uh, that this was discovered, and it's now being used in you know all sorts of ways to cause a lot of trouble. No shit. Yeah. Um, wow. It's yeah. It, it's kind of insane, and it was solely. I mean, it was it was talked about. I think about six months ago at a convention that there was the possibility of this being used uh, for bad, but it didn't actually come to light until somebody used it in Minecraft, which is weird to think of that that is what caused, <laughs> yeah, right? you know, the problem. Bank. Yeah, it had to be Minecraft. Yeah, of all things, but, of you know, that's things. a lot of things come to light because of just dumb little discoveries like that. Because um, yeah. Minecraft is run... It, I mean, Minecraft is basically run through Java. So if you find any kind of vulnerability that you can connect through Minecraft with, you can basically take control of it and do what you want with it. It's scary, wow. man. So so back back to the laptop. So so you 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 change your browser, then what's next? I mean, what things do you set up? What do you need to have running in the background? What's next? I mean once I have the browser set up, I typically will just go through and change like specific security features, um, performance things just to make it run better as a computer in general, because there's a lot of things that are automatically turned off um, that can give you the more performance out of your system. But people don't know that because they're not as big in the computers as people who are actually work into the field. So they don't do any research on it. Um, there's a lot of settings in general that you can just go change to increase your security, um, just improve the performance of your computer overall. Um, even if you buy, you know, if you buy a lower end computer, you can improve it in some way, not a crazy amount because it does it is based off of a lot of the hardware that's actually inside the computer, but you can make it run a little bit better. Um, <clears throat> I like a lot of it is preference, you know, of what you want the computer to be able to do, what you need it for. 
Um, so it really depends what you're going to install there. Um, I don't really have any antivirus software anymore um, just because Windows Defender is better and I'm not doing anything that's putting myself at risk. Yeah. Um, but like for me, you know, I'm going and installing all of my my coding software, Python, you know, Java, just whatever I need for my field anyways. Um, okay. Other than that, you know, there's really nothing specific. It's just, it's just preference of what you need to do. Okay. Um, as, as far as, as far as cybersecurity goes, there's so many, we had a full episode dedicated to like scams and, and phishing and things like that. How, how are people supposed to keep safe today? I mean, just like you said, it's an ever evolving field where people are just getting craftier. Every time you think you're almost uh, at their level, they just come up with a new way. So how does, how does Joe Schmo stay safe? How, how are people, how do you advise people to stay safe? The best, the best word that I can put this in the most simple way is awareness. Um, <clears throat> you just need to be aware of what's going on. You know, you don't have to go get a full degree in the field and, you know, fully understand the different kinds of networking protocols and how to set up routers and switches, firewalls, all this. So you don't need to do that, but you need to be aware of what's out there. I mean, the risk is increasing every single day and we see all kinds of stories on the news, um, like the pipeline hack that happened not too long ago. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the target you, hack, all those hacks. Right. You know, ransomware, you know, that's that, you know, that, and that's what shut down the pipeline was a ransomware. I mean, you just, you need to be aware of what's going on out there. And, you know, if you genuinely don't know, Google or talk to your IT department, get some information and some tips on how you can keep yourself safer and what you need to do to avoid things like this. Um, And the awareness, you know, that really comes into play with like, you know, the phishing emails and things like that, because there are tells, there's always going to be some kind of tell in that, that you can see, hey, I should stay away from this. But people don't think to look at that stuff. They just, you know, I, I'm constantly getting emails like, hey, you want a $500 Walmart gift card? Here's yeah. a five. You know, <laughs> that right away, I mean, that's just fake. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's right. and a lot of the times the actual title of the email or the contents of the email, just by looking at it for 10 seconds, you can clearly see that it's fake and that it's just there to steal your information. Um I mean, it's a lot of common sense. If you open an email and they're asking you to pay a $7 shipping fee and they'll send you, uh, you know, a completely free laptop, you know, (laughs) don't fall for that. that (laughs) Exactly. You know, it's just, you know, if you, if you can't remember signing up for it, don't touch it. Okay. And, and how often should we be resetting our passwords? How often should we, uh, should we be clearing our, mm. our, our cookies, cleaning cookies or clearing? How do you say that? Um, so the whole password thing, the best advice that a lot of people in the IT field give is you should have a different password for every single one of your accounts. Jesus, man. Go remember 50 passwords now, man. And each one needs to have that, a, a yeah. character and a symbol and a, and a peace sign and geez. You know, I I always tell people never have your password include, you know, any kind of birthdays, any kind of maiden names, you know, personal information, like anything like that. It should never be involved in your passwords at all Um, because it's that is too easy of information to gain 
and for people to find out and they can use it to their advantage. Um, and with the whole characters and things like that, yeah, those things are very important because that one character that you're now putting into your password, that can change the, you know, breaking your password time from five minutes to five hours. Um, you know, it, 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 you don't necessarily have to change your passwords you know, every month, every two months, every six months, um, should you pass change them? Yes, you should be rotating them in and out. Now, the average person doesn't do that. You know, there's a lot of people even in the cybersecurity field, they don't do those kind of things. Um, because it, it is a lot of work to remember them. Um, the safest way for you to keep your passwords is to physically write them down and keep them in your house. That is the safest way. Um, really you know i have a book of passwords for everything and my brother called me an idiot i have i have a book and it says you know dwp this is the username this password netflix this is the username this password i have it all written down that and you know people like that you know saying that it's stupid yes i can understand in a way where that's coming from right but if someone's breaking into your house they're going to be looking for valuables that they can take. (laughs) Exactly. They're not going to look for a book that has your passwords in it. And plus you could easily buy a cheap safe for 50 bucks and just put it in there, you know, and even the cheaper safes on the $50 side, you know, those safes are still pretty difficult to get into. You know, I have a safe and I think I paid like 50, 60 bucks for it, but it can withstand, you know, up to like 700 degrees Fahrenheit, um, if you were to try to drill through it, it would take you a very long time to drill through solid, you know, titanium metal like that. Um, you know, it, it genuinely is the safest way to write it down. Now, if you don't want to do that, there is a lot of resources online as password managers, which is a software that, um, you know, it will remember and hold all of your passwords inside of an encrypted file. Is that safe? So when you first hear it, you think, that sounds no, scary, man. Yeah, you know, that sounds scary. yeah, when you first hear it, you're like, you know, all of my passwords are now on my computer, but here's what you're not realizing. Every time you go into and log into a website and you say, remember me or yeah. save my login credentials that is now saved locally on your computer through the cookies, whether you like it or not. And you just right. don't realize it people don't think about that so anytime you go to sign into a site and it automatically puts in your information they have that information saved so they already know it um but with the password managers you know they they've gotten a lot better over the few years um they are a lot more secure now and they are reliable you can use them now um a lot of professionals do recommend certain ones um because they're good now, you know, they're definitely safe to use. Are they a hundred percent safe? No, but they're a lot better than they used to be. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, I have, uh, ahead, I, I, we're going to, we're going to shake it up and, and I'm going to throw you another curveball. Um, is there like, okay. So in history, I'll, I'll just say nine 11 <laughs> changed pretty much our world, it changed everything, but it definitely changed physical security measures. Is there something in the cyber world that was kind of like a 9-11 that changed how everybody looks differently at something? Was there one 
virus or one attack that is kind of just is now textbook yeah um i like that yeah there there's a ton like that um and you know even how i mentioned earlier you know the pipeline hack i mean that alone especially nowadays was such a huge thing that um it really opened up a lot of eyes for a lot of people and there's even you know hacks that date back to like the 80s um when the internet and stuff was just starting to become a thing pretty much uh that it was such a simple hack but it changed the cyber world in so many ways because people realized wow like we should really be you know taking security to a whole nother level um there i know of an attack that i think it was 99 i i was just uh, you know, I was born in '99, oh my so god. it. Oh, it, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> little, little. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, I'm I'm 22 years old, and you know, I've never done anything majorly big, but there was a kid back in 1999. Um, he was 15 years old when he did this, um, and he had managed to hack NASA and oh the U.S. God. Defense Department as a 15 year old. Wow. Um, so, it, you know, and you got to think like a 15 year old is hacking one of the biggest insecure parts of the government in the world. Yeah. And what, what did he do? Was he just seeing if he could do it or was he actually trying to get info? So um, he Bragging had right. actually hacked into their computer system and he stole a piece of NASA software. <gasps> oh shit. Oh crap. Okay. Um I believe because of that they had shut down their systems for about a month. They they weren't running at all. Um and he had cost I think it cost like $40,000. This was 99. So things weren't yeah. as expensive back then, but I believe it cost like 40 grand for just the systems. Um, but the software itself, I believe was listed to be worth about $2 million at the time. <gasps> wow. Whoa. What prison is this guy in now? Guantanamo. <laughs> so surprisingly, a lot of people who do big hacks like this and, yeah. you know, people don't know this, they get hired, but right? They get hired into the government to work for them. Yep. yep. Right. They want you on, on their side, man. They want you on their side. Plus, they can keep an eye on you. Right. Um, <laughs> and that, that kid that hacked NASA, he did get caught. I don't think he was hired, though, because he was only 15 at the time. So uh, I believe he got caught. Um, <laughs> he got an internship. And yeah. then he he did do something later on in about 2008. Um, I'm not really going to say what it is because it's kind of dark. But um, <clears throat> if you want to look him up, uh, his name was uh, Jonathan James. Definitely looking that up. It sounds like an alias. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, yeah, it does honestly because I, I don't I don't think I've ever met someone with the name Jonathan James in my life. You you would um, think with all the with all the wherewithal that the guy had and all the smarts, you th- you would think the first thing he would do is change his age. You know, he's like, I'm no longer 15. I'm now 18 years old and get a fake driving his driver's his learner's permit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there was, have you guys ever heard of the group lizard squad? No, no. <laughs> okay. So lizard squad was the thing that came around, uh, probably six years ago. I think they were, they were very big about six years ago. And they were a group called, they were a black hat group. Um, they were known for the DDoS attacks. Um, same thing we talked about earlier, but they targeted Xbox and PlayStation specifically. Mm. What were they, what were they looking for? Were they just hacking accounts? Were they looking for? No, uh, all, they, all they were trying to do was take down the servers. Why though? Because they could. I mean, that their whole motto was we're doing this because we can and we want to show, you know, the effects of not taking into consideration how important um, security is. I mean, it was I think it it was actually Christmas time when they did their really, really big attack. Um, They had completely taken off the servers like Christmas Day, I believe it was. (laughs) they caught they really caught them with their pants down man geez yeah and um you know that's another thing you can look up and you can read all about it because they're no longer a thing um yeah officially they're no longer (laughs) a group they were caught they were arrested um i do believe I think I read somewhere that one or two of them was actually hired into the government to work with them um, because the, you know, these weren't, you know, 30, 40 year old men. I mean, these were dudes who were teenagers or in their early twenties doing this stuff. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was another big thing I would say. I, I want to ask you in that same light, you, we touched on it earlier just for a minute, but I know there's so much to say about it. What do you think as, as someone in the IT, as someone in cybersecurity, as someone who, can I call you a hacker a little bit or no? Is that offensive? Slightly. Uh, all right. Well, not not I, not slightly offensive. I mean, um, I would oh, say just, that I'm slightly put into that group. Okay. What what are your thoughts on anonymous? Okay. So I've be, been be following. Careful. I don't anonymous. want them to hack us, man. Don't say anything bad about <laughs> us. I don't want them to hack us. <laughs> um. <laughs> So Anonymous has been a group that I've been following for probably a decade now. Um, and I was I was very, very big into their whole idealism of a group because they were a group that was, you know, for the people pretty much. Yeah. Um, and they were very big on targeting governments, you know, websites. Um, I believe at one point they had actually managed to take down PayPal. I mean, they, they're always, their whole group's um, goal is to expose the government um, for what they're hiding from us. Mm-hmm. And I had actually gotten so interested into it at one point that I was getting deep, deep into, you know, IRC chats and dark web kind of stuff, trying to contact them uh, you at want one to get point. recruited um yeah actually at <laughs> one point, you know i was i was very very interested in it and i wanted to learn i wanted to learn 
what they did, how they did it. You know, I wanted the information. And at one point I had gotten so deep that I was in this group chat with people and, you know, they basically were telling me like, you know, do this and that come back in three days and then come talk to us again. And before I had left the chat, you know, they were specifically talking, a couple of guys in there were talking about me and they knew I was still in the chat because they could see who was connected at the time, but they were talking about me and they were like, Hey, you know, we got this kid and he seems very quote unquote willing to learn. And I watched for a couple more minutes. I saw them talking. And at that point I was like, I don't want to get involved with this. I was like, I should leave now. I mean, I was like 15 at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I had nowhere near the knowledge in the field that I did now. And it honestly had scared me for a minute because I was like, you know, I'm getting deep into this. I was like, for all I know, they could be finding all of my information right now. And I would have no idea because I was just, you know, I didn't have the security measures I did back then. I was just connecting into these chats and talking (laughs) to these people and trying to learn from them as a 15 year old. And these were dudes in their twenties, thirties, you know, who had been doing it for years and had all this information. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was just like, I'm out. I I disconnected and I never went back. Um, Yeah. I honestly, I think anonymous is a good group. I, I don't think they're here to cause harm by any means. Um, there are a lot of people who claim to be anonymous, but their intentions are malicious. Yeah. But overall, anonymous is a good group. They are just trying to do good for the people. Okay. And, and on that same vein, and we try not to get like political here ever. So, so again, I'm not doing this to be political. Just what do you think about someone like Edward Snowden? Um. <laughs> I personally enjoyed reading his story. Um, It was definitely, you know, he has a couple books out. He does. He has a book out telling his side of the story. If you haven't read it, I highly suggest going and buying it and just reading through the story. Um, His life was just so many ups and downs. And what he did was brave to say Mm -hmm. the least i mean he was playing with a lot of fire when he did that i mean to this day if he was to step foot into the u.s he would immediately be arrested yeah yeah i think anywhere i mean if he's not in russia i think they'll get him from any other country except for like maybe russia or china you know well you know our you know obviously our boundaries like you know, as a country, the people that we have alliances with and things like that. Um, yes, for sure. Um, but I don't think he plans on leaving Russia at all. I believe they gave him permanent residency there. Um, but you know, just from his story, I mean, it's a very, very interesting thing. Um, I don't have so much of an opinion on it, but you know, for anyone who's, interested in hearing about it and doesn't know too much about it definitely read his book i mean it it tells his side of the story his thought process why he did the things he did um and it will open your eyes to a lot of possibilities that you never thought okay 
Um, yeah. I, I'm not sure if this is so cybersecurity related, but we have you on and I, I'll be mad at myself if I don't ask. Um, I, I get my identity stolen. I get my credit card stolen once a year. Um, is, is there something, you know, I, I think this is a very common thing, especially people doing more of more online shopping, going to the gas pumps. That's where I got fucked the last time. Um, is there, is there something that you recommend for people or is it just inevitable and it will happen? And just like you said, just be mindful and aware of it. Definitely. You know, kind of like how we talked about earlier about just taking your own measures, you know, not messing with anything that's going to get you in trouble. That's the best thing that you can do for yourself you know keep your information as private as possible as safe as possible you know don't allow it to get out there but the problem with people you know getting their identity stolen getting their debit card number stolen their credit card stolen whatever it is a lot of that doesn't have a play with you and what you're doing um just over the past couple years i've had to have my debit card replaced three times wow and that's Um, you Imagine me, you know? <laughs> right, right. And it was the same kind of thing. It, I believe it has happened every single time at um, gas pumps or just yeah. swiping my card using a chip yes. reader. Um, because it's not as common anymore, but it is still a thing. So gas pumps, and this is a tip for everybody. I still follow this to this day, 10 years later, since I yes. heard about it. Anytime you go up to a pump, your card reader that you are going to stick that card in, try to jiggle the card reader. Um, And if it moves in any way, um, I would advise going to a different pump because Mm. what a lot of people can do is they can take out that card reader and they will install their own. And so what happens is as soon as you swipe your card all of your card information is recorded and it is sent to them on their computer. And now they have your card numbers and your security code and they're able to, and your name and they're able Fucking to use unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. Fucking unbelievable, man. You know, when it, when it happened to me the last time, it's so funny. You see uh, when it happened to me, I, I actually kept climbing up the tiers to complain. I ended up speaking to, to um, the PayPal cyber special analysis, whatever. And he's saying the same thing you said. He said what they have is a skimmer. It's like a faceplate. Yep. yep. And they just put it on top. He's like, it's it couldn't be easier. You're running your card, and then you're pushing in your your PIN card number. So they have your your card information. They have all the numbers, and they have your PIN. You couldn't. You couldn't. It would be better just to hand them your card at that point. Pretty much. Yeah. And and that's one of the biggest things. A lot of a lot of the security breaches of information being stolen or things like that. That typically has to do with the company itself because they didn't take the proper precautions. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if you heard about the leasing thing that happened to Twitch. You know, they recently had a data link uh, leak, data leak, and thousands of people's information was released, including the earnings of some of the top streamers. People were actually able to see what people like Tim, the tap man, Nick Merckx, what they were making off of Twitch alone. Wow. Holy cow. How, how do, how do companies that big get compromised? How, I mean, and, and how do we stay safe? I mean, we're doing our due diligence. If the company isn't doing their part, I mean, how, how do you, how do you fuck someone that big? Um, that comes down to the company just not, like I said, like, you know, just not taking the precautions, not having the proper security measures. I mean, there's a lot of sites still that, you know, say you type in your password for your account, they will store that 
and it won't be encrypted. You know, it's just openly stored into their system, not with any kind of protection. So if anybody was to gain access to that system, they can physically see all the information because it's not encrypted in any way. Um, a lot of people just, they just don't take the security measures because they don't take cybersecurity seriously. They, they don't think it's as big of a deal as the business aspect of the company. So they don't invest as much as they yeah. should be into it. And that's the problem. People need to be aware, like this isn't something that you can play around with anymore. You need to take the time and the money and make sure that it's secure. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's really nothing you can do as a consumer. You just deal with the side effects. That, that's the shame. You know, like I said, we're doing our due diligence. We do everything right. Um, I, I want to ask you again, just regarding the laptop question. This is something I've always wondered. When we're not using our laptop, is it okay to just shut it down? Like, like pull, you know, pull the screen down or do we need to turn off our computer? What's safer to do? That really doesn't matter. Um, you can, because as soon as you close it, you know, it logs off and it, puts the computer into sleep mode so it's not running anymore in in a, in a sense it's not running anymore um is it any safer though like really is it any safer are we sleeping better at night knowing our computer is in sleep mode or turned off or does it really not matter um it it doesn't as long as it's closed it can't be affected um as long as it's not logged in it's not running it can't be affected um the problem is if you were to you know have a virus on it without realizing it and you know you close it okay now the computer is temporarily shut off but as soon as you open that back up and you turn it back on that virus is up and running immediately without you even knowing it um so you're just so, prolonging the attack yeah basically um it's yeah i mean it doesn't really matter i mean it's safe either way no way is safer than one another so just it's your preference at that point you know you just got to be careful on the internet you, you got to take precautions you got to be smart about it just have common sense yeah i think that's the underlying theme of this of what this a perfect takeaway just yeah, right? have common sense <laughs> For God's Thank sake. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was there was there anything else you wanted to talk about, Tyler? Was there any other questions you had? I I, I again I'm blown away by how much info Keaton has. I was blown away on the his first episode. I'm blown away on this one too. You're coming back. What else do you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> Where else can we find you? How to change a tire featuring Keaton. You know? I actually do know how to do that too. Um, there we go, Ben. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Keith, yeah, is, there any, is there anything we haven't asked that 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 you would like for uh, that you would like to highlight while we have you on on this topic? I mean, the the only thing, honestly, that I would tell anybody who listens to this, anybody who has any kind of interest in the IT world, in the cybersecurity world, if you have even a slight interest in it go learn about it. There are so many resources online. There's so many free, you know books and articles, um, you know, just classes online that you can take for free. Google offers an insane amount of classes um, for free that you can take. You just need a Google account. Um, you know, if you have any kind of interest, chase that. See what you really like about it. See if you genuinely enjoy it, because there could be a whole nother world 
of possibility in this field that you don't even know you're interested in until you try it. I love that. I love that. Oh, 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 oh. I'm so glad you wrapped up with that because I want to finish with this. Before we had you on air, you were telling us about your finals that you just did. And you said that uh, it may have even shined light on, on, uh, on another field that you were looking into. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, to try to make it <laughs> short and sweet about it, um, there is a part of like the cybersecurity world um, <clears throat> that involves like electrical engineering, just engineering in general um in the tech field and this class taught me the deep deep parts of how the computers genuinely run and just how they work um so this class i got to go into the deep parts of an actual like cpu an actual processor and i got to see in the most basic sense of how they run how they're designed and what makes them run. And there is a huge field of people where if you're the type of person that likes to tinker with hardware, um, any kind of electronic, you like to get inside, see how it works, see how it runs. There is a huge field where you can get into it and you can be the person that is designing this hardware and you're the one that is making it work and upgrading it to make it run faster, to just be more efficient as it runs. And this class, you know, going deep into that, it it kind of sparked my interest because I'm like, you know, it'd be pretty cool to be the person that is working for Intel or working for AMD that is designing this hardware and is the one that is making it run, making it more efficient, faster, you know, it, it's a very cool thing. And, you know, I spoke to my professor about it. I said, you know, you piqued my interest. I'm very curious about this. Um, you know, can you give me some more information? And he basically told me to start off, buy a ham radio and take it apart. Look <laughs> at the insides, see how it works, what makes it work, you know, all the different little parts, and then work your way up from there. That's um, awesome. I mean, it's it's a very, very interesting field. It's definitely something I'm going to look into. I don't know if it's something I want to do for the rest of my life, but it's piqued me, my interest enough to where I want to research into it and see where it takes me. Are you going to get a ham radio and take it apart? Be honest. Um, <laughs> probably. I'll probably go to some kind of <laughs> shop, find some cheap ham radio somewhere, and I'm just going to take it apart. And, you know, even if it's a broken one, I might try to buy a broken one and see if I can fix it, see if I can get it working again, um, because that's the base start of this. And then it just goes up from there to the point where I could be designing my own system of a processor and making it run. That's awesome. There's our next episode right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, finally, I, I did reach out to a few of our mutual friends. I have a, two questions for you. They're off topic. Um you don't have to answer them, but I thought I would ask anyway. Are you are you okay with me asking? Yeah, that's fine. First one comes from our friend Sakura, and she asks, how tall are you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Realistically, I am 5'9". Five, five, okay, 5'9". Five, that's that's not, nothing to laugh at then. All right, cool. Um, second question, this one comes from our friend Thal. Is it Thal or Tal? Thal, right? T-A-T-A. It's, it's Thal. Yeah, Thal. Thal. Okay. He asked, why do you suck at TW? 
Yep, I saw that one coming. Yep, because didn't he ask this on the first episode too? He, was, he, <laughs> he did, but I was shy to ask it on air. This time he said that I have to. So, so do you want to address that or no? You know, all I'm gonna say is you can curse on the show. By the way, it's it's a lot of shit talking coming from a Canadian who drinks bagged milk. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. All right, fair enough. There's your answer, Thal. Uh, there's your answer, Sakura. Um, Tyler, the, you know the only thing we have left at this point, Keaton, my friend. What is your song of the day today? Uh, Dance with myself, Billy Idol. All right, uh, Keaton. What about you? Um, actually, it's it's a little different. It's a try by Pink. Try by Pink. All right, I'm gonna go with Warning by the Notorious B.I.G. Um, do you know about the Notorious B.I.G.? Now that I know I, that you were born in 1999, do you know yeah, what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very well aware of who that actually is. <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you so much for your time, dude. You're, you're, damn, dude, like, you go so in-depth. You give us so much every time you come, man. Like, I feel like you're like a like a full towel. We just ring you out, and so much comes out, dude. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, with, with this topic specifically, um, you know, there's just so much about it that, you know, if it's something that you guys would be interested in or other people would be interested in, I would love to do another part of this, like another episode of just cybersecurity in general. I mean, there are so many things that we didn't even talk about that can just provide a lot of information for people who are interested in the field, but just don't have that knowledge or just, you know, they just don't know where to start with it. Um, I would, if you guys are down with it, you know, I'd be down with it. I'd love to do a part two of it. I'd love to get even more information about it out there. You know, I'm very passionate about this. I love to talk about it. I love to give people information about it. I mean, it's so much fun for me to educate. There, there will absolutely be a part two. There will absolutely be a part two. And we love having you on. Uh, I don't remember if I said it on air or not, but since we had Keaton on for the, I want to be a server, like that's, he's been our golden standard. This is what we expect for people. Anyone listening that wants to be on a, I want to be a, come with this much information, come with this much fun and knowledge um, and, and make fun of people drinking bagged milk. Right, Tyler? Exactly. <laughs> Whatever the hell that is. <laughs> it's milk in a bag, Tyler, instead of milk in a carton. I don't know really? what that means. You just buy it's a bag of milk. <laughs> yep. It's a bag of milk that comes inside of a cardboard box. What is that? All right. All right. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, Keaton, brother, thank you so much for coming on. Tyler, this was a blast as always. Was there anything else, guys? Always. No. No, I think that's it. All right. Come back. We will have you on for cybersecurity part two. Until then, bye, guys.